Now, David. That was, that was a request by the audience. That was a tuckus ruckus. The, uh, What's going on I with you? Out, I heard a lot of people yelling to shake that ass. We know why so you're I here. So I did it. You're listening to the dollop. Here we go. This is an American history podcast where each week I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to a cake. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. What is that? That's cake. But what kind of cake? Chocolate cake. Chocolate cake. Look at that shit. No, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, I had 17 slices of cheesecake last night. We can so get a I'm... slice of chocolate cake up here for Dave. That'd be awesome. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's no, really no. ready for it. Uh, the reason it happened last night, because there was a guy at this table right here who had cheesecake, and I was like, holy fuck, look at that thing. And then, then like, seven people were like, I would like to send Dave cheesecake on stage. And they were like, okay, he doesn't eat that much cheesecake. <laughs> I did, though. That's yeah, the you thing. Ate. I mean, I was just going to say, what, what, like, who? no lessons were learned. You ate it. You don't make mis decisions for me. Comedy fucking plays. Jesus Christ. I'm trying to keep it together. It's really going poorly. What are you talking about? You just lost your mind. And I think instead of saying mistake, you almost said Miss Cake. I saw it. We are brought to you in okay? part what just happened by here? Mind Bloom. I am going through puberty. Is there two puberties in a life? Are you depubertying? There's a later one. Uh, How great yep. would it be if you went if you went back? You had a puberty, and then at yeah. like 55, you go. You're like, ah, I'm going back. You reverse it, yeah. yeah, and then you're a baby again. Yeah, kind of what happens. Yeah, sort of. Um, <laughs> So, and how could you cope with the dark realities we live in? <laughs> yeah, like a lot of people are dealing with depression and anxiety uh, yeah. these days. Uh, I've had my share of that in the past, and uh, it's hard. It's uh, very hard to deal with. Uh, you try to figure out different ways uh, to handle it. Um, but, you know, there's no quick, easy fix. It's, you just can't just find a new therapist or start working out or, you know, eat better. Like, there's, yeah. it's a whole process yes. uh, that you got to go through. Uh, sometimes you need something to, like, unlock yes. your brain and yeah. have a new way of thinking about stuff. Uh, and that thing might be guided ketamine therapy from Mindbloom. Uh, there's a new tool to improve your mental health, at-home ketamine therapy. Mindbloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy, having safely helped thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. And unlike traditional talk therapy, ketamine works quickly and doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of traditional antidepressants. Yes. A study of over 1,200 MindBloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only four sessions. Yes, and I will be trying it shortly, and I'm very excited because... You're mind-blooming. Yes. I'm mind blooming. We are strong, strong supporters and proponents of ways like this that have long been kept under wraps, and now you can finally dig a little deeper. So I'm excited. Right now, Mind Bloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash dollop and use promo code dollop. Take the first step to break free from your anxiety and depression with Mind Bloom. Mindbloom.com slash dollop and use promo code dollop. Um, 
November 4th, 1842. I'm not going to say it because you're good. You know, you're not a believer. Nope. <laughs> and that'll be weird when you go to fucking hell. <laughs> Ellen Elliott was born on the original Fox Homestead in New Lentern, Nottingham, England. Jesus, the Fox Homestead? That's the fucking Fox Homestead. Nice. Do you know what that is? Yeah. What? Oh, women mate, birds. She's a fox, yeah. <laughs> Dig it, love it. Awesome. <laughs> Look at that fox, yeah. Ellen Elliot, right? Yeah. Dig it, mate. Love it. Ooh. You look at my trousers. I didn't know. I thought you were grabbing yourself. I thought you were like, oh, yeah, mate. Doing yeah. a crotch grab. Yeah, early, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> George Fox founded the Quakers in the mid 1600s. Okay. This, this was the pad. All right. Ellen claimed that when she was seven, a band of gypsies camped on the estate and prophesied that Ellen was a, quote, Rosicrucian. A Rosicrucian? Yep. Go ahead and tell me what that is. Well, we all know what a Rosicrucian is. Yep. It's um, uh, red shellfish. So you think the prophecy is that Ellen is a red shellfish? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Judging, yeah, looking at the, the can I say what? Huh? You're not allowed to say that word anymore. Gypsy? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it's from the time. What do you say yeah. now? Romanian? Roman? I don't know. Travelers. Travelers? What about gypsy? Roma. I, it says gypsy in the script. In the scriptsy. <laughs> what? Huh? Yep. All right. Uh, a Rose, Rosicrucian... Rosa, yeah, Rosicrucian uh, is a finder of hidden treasures and a great traveler. So like a human metal detector. <laughs> they should have just said that. You're going to be a human metal detector. Well, uh, treasure doesn't necessarily mean like a guy on a beach looking for coins. Why don't you go up to any guy with a metal detector and ask him what he's looking for? <laughs> See what his answer is. It's treasure. <laughs> Treasure's the answer. <laughs> treasure. My wife left me, but when I get that treasure, I'll prove her wrong. The uh, Roma. I'm sure We're proud of you. No, all the Roma listeners are going to be really happy. Also said Ellen would meet great sorrows and be a widow early in life. That's a crazy call. To be like, you're going to find treasure. Plus, your husband's going to die. Early and too. you are going to be fucking bummed it's gonna out. It's going to suck. You're going to miss him. Keep looking for that treasure. Just be another person on the beach with a metal detector. Lonely person with a metal detector. They're not lonely. Yes, they are. No, I do not mind. You're just deciding what they are. They are lonely and looking for treasure. 
They're looking for something that isn't there, and I like that they just hugged each other. She's yeah. like, I'm glad you don't have a metal detector. And he's like, I'm glad you hung in there with me just... for all those years. Do you have a metal detector? Sun does. Sun does? You're like, oh boy, we're raising a virgin. <laughs> he's got a metal detector, but not a pussy magnet. How old is he? Almost nine. Oh, okay. he's almost nine. He's well, all right. Yeah, of course he's got a fucking Right at the cutoff. So weird that you want that kid to get laid. I'm so just seeing weird. in the future. It's very uncomfortable now. Yeah, I can tell I made it uncomfortable, but I'm just saying a couple more years, then you got to be like, hey. Just, he's out there in the sand on the beach looking for coins and garrus behind him. You ain't going to find any pussy there, kid. <laughs> you got two more years, Charlie, two more. <laughs> <laughs> As a teen, Ellen was attractive with long blonde hair, and she fell in love with a man named Carl, who was Russian. We don't know anything about, we don't know his last name, we just know. Uh, Carl the Russian will yeah. be fine. It's plenty. There's not a lot of us named Carl over there. It's not like here. That name there, very unique. That's like a Pierre. Here. <laughs> Uh, he was her first love, but he was very jealous. And yes. one day, in a fit of rage, after seeing her with another guy, he stabbed Ellen several times in the chest. I don't like this guy. I am. There's red flags? I'm souring on him, yeah. Now, if I'm her, you don't take him back unless there's a real apology attached to it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. If you say you won't do it again, we'll talk. Yeah, 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 maybe. Maybe. Even then, yeah. Uh, the guy... Why, why wouldn't the travelers tell her that? <laughs> She's like, Jesus Christ, I didn't find treasure. I haven't widowed anyone. Why didn't you tell me my boyfriend was going to stab me in the chest because I chatted to another man? They said sorrows. <sighs> Very vague. <laughs> now, the guy she was with... Carl. No, the guy she was with, Carl got mad when he saw her with. That turned out to be her cousin. So that was a little awkward. Well, I must say, I'm really happy that we are actually item. <laughs> You've proven so much to me. But Ellen recovered, and uh, her sister Lydia was married, and she was going to New York, and she begged Ellen for a change of scenery, get away from it all, and Ellen finally agreed to go with her. Okay. Just for a trip, though. She... She loved New York, but she got really sick when she was there. And uh, so she had to be nursed back to health. And when she was finally well enough to travel, uh, she, had, she took a, a ship. And while she was on the ship back, she had to help the doctor on board while he amputated a young Irish girl's legs. Christ. Wait. What? She went to New York. Yeah, what? Yeah. She, you're the one with the script. She went to New York. And then got really sick, uh -huh. nursed back to health, and then as she's taking a ship from back, back to where? Back to back England. England. Back to England, they had, she had to help cut off an Irish woman's leg. That's right. Okay. But that was just what it was like on a ship back then. Like yeah. that was, you know what I mean? Do you, do you want the, the ticket where you cut legs off or no? Um, no, I think I'd rather the, well, what's the price difference? It's, it's $12. Gosh, I'm supposed to find treasure quite soon, but haven't located it yet. You can keep the legs. Uh, that's not really 
part. No, I'm not. Sorry. Don't sell me on sorry. other bits. I meant eat. I don't know. Sorry. Super lost. I'll take the cheap ticket, but I don't want the. You 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 can you don't have to take the legs. I don't want to. But take we them. will put them in your room. All right, man. Well, I'll put them out the window. <laughs> That's littering. All right. Well, I'll get rid of them somehow. Well, that's very rude. <laughs> Some woman is giving her legs to you, and you're just going to throw them away. Okay. I might just swim, honestly. <laughs> Seems like not that hard to do that either. But on that ship, I assume maybe before the legs or after, whatever, she met a new fella. Oh, it's cool. a new guy. Charles E. Jack, the first officer. He was handsome, he was charming, mm -hmm. and once back in England, they got married. All right. Now and Carl's like, will, will, will. Now I'm pissed. <laughs> stab, 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 stab. She should have brought Carl on the boat and been like, this Irish woman's cheating on you. Yep. Easy does it. Easy Yo, does it. Yo, one, two, buddy boy. So they now, as a couple, move to America and they settle in Brooklyn. Nice, yeah. Uh, so Ellen had a girl, Nettie, and then Charles was drafted to fight in the Civil War. Nice. When he returned, he had heart issues and some other injuries. So then they had a son. Heart, heart didn't stop him from... Uh, yeah, not everything was broken. <laughs> So they had uh, two kids uh, who both uh, then died of scarlet fever. Needing change because two of their children died, the Jacks moved to Chicago. They, uh, they had another girl, but soon after that, there was a fire and they lost everything. And not the girl? No, the girl's still alive. Okay. For now. <laughs> they moved to Kansas uh, to give a shot, uh, give farming a shot. Okay. And Ellen had a fourth uh, kid. Well, sec. So they're farming. Technically, set, well, fourth. Stop it. <laughs> Name Margaret. Margaret. So yep. two, two alive. Yep, thank you. Soon after, Charles died from the injuries he sustained during the war. Jesus, those were, those took a while. Yeah, slow, a slow well, one. Well, I should have put a bandage on it. Bye-bye, <laughs> honey. Good luck. <laughs> oh, boy. Just kept bleeding, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so hey, didn't you say travelers told you the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ellen took his name, the whole thing. So I'm Charles. So from now on... Hello, I'm my husband, Charles. And this is my wife, Ellen. Ma'am, that's a horse. Sir, that's a horse. Thank you. The Civil War did a lot. It put brother against brother. Like me and my friends, who were guys. It certainly wasn't easy out there. It's the smells that stick with me, I guess. Never knew death had a smell till that war. Oh, I did. <laughs> Probably gonna go over here and <laughs> wistfully tell something out the window instead. I didn't realize you were there. I've been bottling it. I'm just going to shut this door a little bit. Really? Can you smell me? Yeah. 
you know, fuck it, I'll just be Ellen. Um, <laughs> I'll stick with it. It doesn't even seem worth it. So, uh, from now on, she was called Captain Ellen Jack. Huh? <laughs> What's going on? Was he even a captain? He was. He was a captain, yep. Okay, so she's just like, I'm now a captain, too. T- yes. That's how it works. I yeah. got the hat, it's official. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's hereditary. Well, that you inherit... doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, it's you contagious? Inherit... No, well, like, if your husband is a general and he dies, you're a general? that's not hereditary. Inherited? <laughs> no, no, no. It's like, it's like Social Security. If, you, if, you're, if you're married to someone and they die and their so Social Security is more, you get it. You yeah. get that amount. She, yeah, she didn't, it wasn't like, genetically, you're a captain. <laughs> Wife of this man. <laughs> And then they give you a ship. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Wow. It's rare when I know more than you about what's going on. And right now, I'm the captain now. Uh, so she had a war widow's pension, which gave her a bit of financial independence. $264 a year. Ooh. Hello. Fuck yeah. Right? If the treasure has been located. It's good, right? The cheesecake's good. Jesus Christ, Dave. What's your problem? I'm just, you know. Stop it. Look at them. Look at them go. They love it. You have a cake fetish that is emerging. I like to bond with the audience. You're not bonding. All you're doing is it's like cake harassment. We're bonding. Like the cake, huh? What's your favorite bite? (laughs) Sir, put your shirt on. I don't have to. I'm a captain. Uh, so she's getting 264 a year. The average worker salary is 438. Okay. So it's low, but you know, okay, you can get livable. By. Livable. So Ellen, uh, she now, with the, I guess she had money because she built a hotel in Coney Island and called Jesus it. Jesus Christ. And called it the Bonton. The Bonton. B-O-N-T-O-N. Bonton? 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 I think it would be Bonton, right? Sure. I, I would imagine it. Or maybe it's... Bonton. Bonton? 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 Stop trying. You're getting way further away from whatever it is. I'm 100%. Bobo? The, <laughs> the Brooklyn Daily Eagle called it, quote, somewhat unsightly. Yeah. Before Yelp. <laughs> and said it did not have an enviable reputation. Nice. And then it burned down. Oh, well, that's not great for a place. Ellen had to rescue... The bon gone. Ellen had to rescue her daughters and their nurse from the second floor. Jesus, what was the nurse doing? She was like, I'm paralyzed with fear. <laughs> You're an adult too. Ah! <laughs> Captain, take us. Uh, she got insurance money even though arson was suspected. I don't know. Would she really, with her kids inside, you're not going to burn down. No. (laughs) Katie Anthony. But because of that, her friends started avoiding her. She said, quote, I began to see that the only friend on earth was money. Yes. Oh. So she ran for Senate. What a horrid lesson to take. Yes, sir, seriously. So I realize the only thing you're supposed to do is get money. Uh, Treasure. Yes. That metal detector, which is fine. 
It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Don't you sweat it. Her daughter, Margaret, died in 1878. Ellen was overwhelmed with grief, so she sought out... Oh, no. ...a spiritualist. So over, over time, she got to know four women spiritualists, and they told Ellen she was a healer. One of the women, Madame Clifford... Her daughter just died of scarlet fever, right? Not that good of a healer. Like acne and stuff. One of the women... One of the women, Madame Clifford, then asked Ellen to take care of her child as the kid had Bright's disease. Bright's disease? It's like when your kidneys shut down. Okay. Uh, Madame Clifford also said that the, what the Roma had said, which was Ellen was a Rosicrucian born to find hidden treasures. Hmm. My God, what just happened? What did just happen? It went away. Oh. Oh, oh, my God. We'll find it again. Uh, oh, there it is. I don't know what that, that was. That was close. What a magical thing this is. Dave, stop. I, I'm a spiritual healer. <laughs> so Ellen decided to do exactly that. She left her 10-year-old daughter with her sister-in-law to head west and find gold. She described her sister-in-law as, quote, beautiful with a heart as cold as ice. What? <laughs> What, that's who you chose? Yes. Take bad care of her. I won't be back. <laughs> I'm off to find my treasure. It was very, very uncommon at the time to leave, uh, for a woman to leave a child behind and strike out and find gold. Sure. Her relationship with her daughter for the rest of her life would be complicated. <laughs> what do you why. attribute that to? I mean, just like... Bitterness, like get yeah. over it. Yeah, get over so it. So your mom left. So you. what? I quit the band. I went solo. Relax. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I leave you with a witch? Yeah. I was looking for gold. Yeah. Good <laughs> lord. So at 37, Captain Ellen Jack headed for Denver to prospect. She arrived in 1880. The population. One was... day we're gonna legalize mushrooms. <laughs> That's right. Weird little fungus that grow out of poop. <laughs> you eat enough of it, it'll make you go goo 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 goo. You wanna lay down, close your eyes on your head, and let the one inside your brain open wide. <laughs> We're gonna legalize that here. Right after grass is okay. <laughs> ba da ba ba da ba. We're the best. <laughs> What's the matter, guy? Don't like horse poop? Don't like cow feces? Oh, I like cow feces. Well, then have I got an apple for you to bite into. <laughs> like those apples that make you go yum, yum. <laughs> Look at him, he's looking at me like, wow, this guy's talking funny. Of course I am to you. You haven't eaten psilocybin yet. <laughs> Care to take a trip? No. Well, why don't you look at the ticket? Because it's round trip. From here to the inside of your soul. <laughs> and then right back. You don't need luggage, just something to carry your lessons in. <laughs> it's 
100% natural. That's right, no funky tonics, no weird serums, nothing like that. 100% pure of the earth. You a religious fella? Well, surely the Lord wouldn't put something poisonous inside the feces of one of his greatest creatures. You ever drink the milk from a cowboy? Not a cowboy, a cow comma boy. Although one time when I was tripping, I did have the milk of a cowboy, but that's another story. I'm, I'm gonna go back to Chicago. Well, not without a lesson, you're not. You're about to sit under the bow tree, my boy. Like Nirvana, not the band. I'm with you, let's get out of here. This guy talks a little funny, I don't trust him. As Ellen walked down the street, she heard someone yell, quote, Captain Jack! It was her old nurse, the one she'd rescued from the fire. Oh, wow. Jenny. So, Jenny had come to Denver, gotten married, but then her husband was abusive, and uh, he enjoyed his time with sex workers, so she left him, and then she opened a brothel. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Jenny told Ellen to go to Gunnison. It was a, is it still there, Gunnison? Yeah. It's gonna be amazing if they got rid of it. I don't know if that's how it works. Well, <laughs> no, we eradicated it about five years ago. Gunnison's gone. Half of the mining towns are gone. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, they just, they come and they go. So it was a raging town and miners were just pouring in. So Ellen takes a carriage to Gunnison. Hmm, like Chicago. The Chicago of Colorado, they called it, David. Uh, so she let the men on the carriage see that she was carrying a Smith & Wesson 44. Nice, smart, very smart to do that. Oh, do you have room for my gun up there? I guess I'll just hold it. Hi, boys. I'm crazy. <laughs> Nobody fuck with me. I'm a captain. Uh, the first day in town, she met Jeff, Mickey, and they hit it off. Now, Ellen opened a restaurant and a boarding house and called it Jack's Cabin. It was 24 feet by 50 feet. It was a tent. Uh, That's more helpful to me. Yeah. And it had six small rooms partitioned for, quote, bedrooms for the girls. Mm. But men also boarded there. Like the Bon Ton, it also quickly did not have the best reputation. Okay. Dirty, dirty tent. Yeah. Jeff Mickey opened a salon, a saloon. A salon. I, you need a complete new look for the fall. Do you understand me? I don't like what you're doing, and I can tell you don't like it either. Whiskey, um, not here, boys. You're going to get a total new look here. We're going to blow it out. Yeah. How about a shot of reality? So he opened a saloon on Ellen's lot. It was, uh, it was a very bad place, full of drunks and uh, lots of fights. Sure. Were Jeff, there saloons that weren't like that? It probably. I mean, there okay. were some. That, yeah. Okay. So Jeff once held a funeral for a man who was just passed out. Well, Eric was a hell of a guy. Seems like just 45 minutes ago, he was up on the bar singing, drinking ale. And now he's for sure dead. 
I'll never forget his last words. Check my pulse before doing anything rash. <laughs> we got two boys out back digging a hole big enough for him right now. The best thing to do is strip him naked and take his goods. This man is deceased. He had, quote, burning candles at his head and feet, and tons of people came to pay their respects. So he Treat him like a birthday cake, boys. <laughs> Look out, Dave Anthony's gonna come in here and cut a slice off his leg. <laughs> he did it just to get people to come in. It was a... He's dead. Yeah. This man's dead. So people are coming in and buying drinks. Now, let me ask you this, Dave. You hear a fella died in a bar. Are you more inclined to go in or keep looking? <laughs> I know my in. answer. I'm going in. I'm it's a strong drink. <laughs> wow, a dead guy. Do you have apps? <laughs> if you do, get ready. Uh, he, uh, he had a better day than when he hired a brass band. So it was a real attraction. That's a bad moral for a saloon keeper to learn. Jeff also opened a gymnasium and a boxing school next door. How great would it have been to see the gymnasium at that time? Uh, so, like I said, Jeff opened a gymnasium and boxing school next door. <laughs> boxing? There's no boxing, by the way. No. Yeah. Uh, Jeff was known as a good guy when sober, but awful when drunk. Nice. He's a bit of a... And now you'll get why I had this. On Christmas Day, some drunk Frenchmen refused to pay their bill. Yeah. No. Where I come from, you're not supposed to. Why, it would be an insult for me to pay my bar tab, huh? And I respect you too goddamn much. There's no way. I like you way too much. Could I get a little more uh, gin and tonic? Uh? Fuck off. Well, listen, I would love to pay you. Is that okay? Yes, I would like money. I can't. Why? You mean too much to me. That's not a thing. I, I, couldn't I, I own a fucking bar. I understand. All right, how about this, huh? I'll pay you one year from today, twice as much. Yeah. You're intrigued, huh? No. Or in three years, you can have five times as much. Mm. Now I've got you listening, huh? <laughs> you like what you hear, huh? No. Or tomorrow I could pay you a quarter. What? Wait a minute. Who is this guy? What's he up to? You're That's the guy. That's my impression of you. No, what? Hey, man. Is it crazy how close we've gotten so short a time? We haven't. I feel the same way. We are vibing. No. I'll tell you what, I work here for you for half price. I'll let I can drink. No. I'll live with you. No. You become my apprentice. No. We share women. No. Come on. Okay. We share men. Okay. Hey. <laughs> you just gotta find the right bait to put on the hook and someone bites, huh? <laughs> God, I love us. <laughs> So when the Frenchman refused to pay their bill, it led to a fight, and the fight spilled into the street. And Ellen jumped in and tried to hit one of the men with a bottle, and she was then beaten with clubs and fists and hit with a tomahawk laced with poison. Jesus Christ, were they in Escalation Alley? What the fuck? You cannot go from bottle to tomahawk. 
Poison tomahawk. Poison tomahawk. Don't fight the French. Uh, honestly. What did we tell you, huh? <laughs> so Jeff pulled out his gun and shot, hitting a man on the arm, and Jeff was then horribly beaten, and, the, and uh, they were all arrested, the Frenchies included. Ellen came away with a permanent scar on her forehead and a partial vision loss. She couldn't run her business for six weeks. That's uh, it? Yeah. That is quite a... Fo- well, look, I'm going to be out for almost two whole months because someone put a tomahawk in me. <laughs> uh, Jeff was charged with assault. She filed a $2,000 civil suit against the Frenchman. And uh, now this brought them closer. And three months later, Ellen and Jeff got married. Oh. Right. <laughs> At the trial, one guy admitted hitting her, but the judge told the jury to find for the defendants because Ellen had gone, quote, to the scene of the affray and taken part in it. The judge told who? The jury? The jury. Is that how it works? I don't think so. No. I'm pretty sure the judge is supposed to be like, whatever you guys think, but it says, well, I've reached a verdict. Now for you to listen to what it's going to be. And uh, he said not to let the fact that she was a woman carry any weight. Which is one of those things, like, when you point it out, it's like, now listen, obviously it's a woman, but don't let that come into your thinking. I know it's not for me. I mean, it's hard, obviously. It's all I'm thinking about. But try to be impartial. <laughs> we find the defendant guilty. Not guilty. Why is there a jury? <laughs> what is this place? The six-man jury found for the defendants, and Ellen was forced to pay $50 for court costs. So she had to pay $50 for the tomahawk. Correct. (laughs) Now, Jeff Mickey was found guilty of assault, and he was fined $80. Two months later, the sheriff arrested Jeff and Ellen for keeping a disorderly house, which meant allowing gaming, drinking, cursing, swearing, quarreling, challenging to fights, fighting, and otherwise misbehaving. Okay. So, like, a cool place. Yeah. (laughs) So... In uh, 1881, the population was exploding, as were profits. Uh, Jeff opened the bowling alley and the gymnasium, uh, the gymnasium by the gymnasium. On December 19th, policeman Jimmy McLeese went into a saloon and arre- to arrest someone. And the owner told them to get out, and they started pushing each other, and then McLeese shot the owner, who died. And so McLeese was arrested for murder, but they didn't put him in a jail cell. They just had a guard watching him, but the guard at night locked the room door they were in and put the keys in his pocket and then put the pants under his pillow and somehow McLeese figured out how to escape. I'm gonna need that one more time. Okay, okay, fair. So they're in a room and the guard's watching him and at night the guard locks the door and puts the keys in his pocket and then takes off his pants and puts the pants- In the same room? Yes. And puts the pants under the pillow. That, I mean, it's hard to find the craziest move, but I'm pretty sure it's that one. (laughs) Let me take my pants off and put them under my pillow. Hopefully the trouser fairy comes. Uh, So he escapes, and then a posse... How? I don't know. Magic? We got a real Houdini on our hands. A sheriff's posse came to Jack's place to look for him, uh, and he was hidden in the cellar. So Jeff and Ellen are arrested. And then Ellen swears out a warrant to have the sheriff arrested for false imprisonment, but he refused to be arrested by a different sheriff. (laughs) 
Is he allowed to do that? I mean, I don't know what happens on Sheriff on Sheriff Crime. Is he allowed to do that? No. Damn it. He knows how to do this. Oh. I guess he's not. This is his first Sheriff Sheriff tete-a-tete. He knows the secret. Just be like, no. Just say no. Just say no. I'm the sheriff. I'm the sheriff. Jesus, he's good. I don't know. I think we're pretty fucked here. You're uh, under arrest, sheriff. No, you're under arrest. Shit, we're screwed. It's <laughs> good. You're free to go. Stop resisting. You stop resisting. All right, you're free to go. You're under arrest. I think this guy's me. I did eat cow poo earlier. You're the sheriff? You're the sheriff. From inside? Inside. Wait a minute, man. There's no way, man. There's no way, man. You're under arrest. You're under arrest. We probably shouldn't be arresting people at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When McLeese and Jeff got out two days later, they went on a drinking binge, which made Ellen really angry because he was a shitty drunk. Right. Uh, So they argued, and Ellen hops on her carriage and goes to Crested Butte. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Hoping her leaving would bring, bring Jeff to his senses and he'd stop drinking. But that is not what happened. Yeah. I get that. That night, Jeff held up a bottle of morphine and said to McLeese, quote, here's the thing that will end all my troubles. Oh, my God. There's not a better thing to say with a bottle of morphine. <laughs> here's the thing that will end all my troubles. I, buddy, I don't know if you're right on that. I really... McLeese said, just go get some rest, and when you sober up, you'll feel better. Jeff then took all the morphine and came back and said, quote, well, I've done it. (laughs) (laughs) He's not good. Time for some lesphine. (laughs) He was unconscious 30 minutes later. Now, Ellen... Let's hold the funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Ellen gets a telegram... And the telegram was supposed to say that Jeff had taken poison, but it said, because of the misinterpretation, it said Jeff had taken horses. That's a big typo, Dave. That's a real big typo. Now, it's very important that you get this right. He's taken poison. Got it. He's taken horses. It's on the way. Right. What did you say? Horses. Wait, what? Poison. He's taken poison. Exactly. Don't worry. We'll let him know. This is serious. What has he taken? He poisoned a horse. No, we're still... No. He's, he's poisoned. You need to let her know that he's been poisoned. Got it. I just keep thinking about horses. Is that crazy? I just have them on my mind. My dad said I could buy a horse, so I'm pretty excited about it. But anyway, maybe I'll name it Poison. Just shut the fuck up and send a telegram that says he's poisoned himself. Got it. Sent, ma'am. Good luck with the horse. So, because of that telegram, she... And then she gets it, she's like, what a dickhead. No, she she thinks he's coming. Oh, because he's like... He took the horses. She thinks he's headed up. Thank God, he's coming. (laughs) He's on a journey. In many ways, he is. 
Uh, that's not what was happening. Uh, they tried first aid. They used a battery to shock his chest, but nothing Well, worked. we've done everything. We kicked him, we put candles around him, and we shocked him with a battery, but he's deep in the morphine hug. <laughs> he died. Gotta get those jokes in early, gang. See, that's dollop 101. Uh, the charges against Ellen for hiding a fugitive were dropped. Yeah, right, yeah. A month later, Ellen rented out Jack's cabin and left to prospect for gold. The Utes had been uh, driven off their land by the government. What? Man. Our government? Really. It's so weird. One of those things that just, whatever, right? Yeah. 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 It's sort of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 Ours. Yes. Yeah. Ours now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. I'm ready to move forward because I don't want to think about it, right? <laughs> Not at all. Because, wow. Because when you really think about no, it. No, I don't. Holy fuck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like, it's holy really, shit. Yeah. How the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we're in the middle of something important. Yeah. Yes. But after the show, we make it right. With cake. Yes. <laughs> Bingo. We're even now. Here's a cheesecake. Here you go. We feel bad, huh? Yeah. Better? Yes. Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> Whoa. So prospectors are now scouring the area. And uh, while Ellen was there, she met a guy named Redmond Walsh. He name been... again? Redmond Walsh. Sounds like Brendan Walsh, but okay. He had been sent by investors to look for gold claims. Ellum called him Walsh. He was 54 and Canadian. Uh, Walsh was an ex-Union soldier and a railroad man. He was now a partner in a railroad construction firm and president of the branch of the Irish National League in Gunnison. They, they support tenant people, so they'd, like, attack landlords. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bring it by back. Way. That's why everyone needs a Dave. I didn't have to read all that to be like, fuck yeah! <laughs> we in. Let's go. No rent is the best thing that you can have. Yeah. Um, so... Whoop, I'm lost. Okay. Are you Mitch McConnell right I know, now? I, yeah, I totally Mitch McConnell. I completely... I was... Oh my God, I was like, am I, Dave, am Dave, I a human Dave, turtle? Dave, do you want to... Dave, do you want to keep going with the story or do you want to go in back for a minute? Do you want to... I need to go in back and wash off yeah. my bottom because yeah. things happened. <laughs> it would be much better if he said something like that. I need a break to wash my bottom. <laughs> I talked to the president earlier and I told him that I had made uh, pan pudding. I, I, made, I made an old Kentucky boom boom. That's right. I'm older than most bourbons that people consider valuable. <laughs> Me and Diane are getting it on. Uh, Diane Feinstein and I are gonna fornicate in a thing of Exxon oil later to show exactly where everything's headed. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help. 
with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it. But either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. What's up, dollopers? This is Gareth. Uh, Gareth from the dot. You get it. Listen, shout out to the Garmy, Gareth Army. I've got some U.S. dates coming up. I will be at Goodnight's Comedy Club in Raleigh or Raleigh. I forget which one you guys are stuck to. North Carolina, December 21st through the 23rd, five shows. And then December 29th and 30th, I'll be in Rutherford, New Jersey at Bananas Comedy Club. I'm calling on the Garmy. Come out. Uh, there's a lot of shows. Go to Gareth Reynolds. Com for tickets and information. Also, listen to my new podcast called We're Here to Help. Got a new podcast, We're Here to Help, Jake Johnson. Thank you, Garmy. Hashtag Garmy. So Ellen marries Walsh in July 1882. And soon after, he talks her into loaning money to his railroad company so he could make payroll. Mm-hmm. Or they. There's more than just him. So... She doesn't get the money back, and she ends up suing the company in January 1883 for $1,100. She won, but she got hit with legal fees Jesus, uh, and doesn't get paid. So essentially, the lawyers just take all the money. Right. That's awesome. So lawyers have been great for a long time. (laughs) A banker warned Ellen. He said Walsh had duped her. That's how bad things are. I can finally trust the banker. (laughs) Of my friend, the trusty banker. He said Walsh had duped her and wasn't what he claimed to be, and he would kill her if he needed to. Jesus. I just wanted to take out $20. Why did these travelers not tell me any of this shit? All they said was that my, someone's going to die young and I'd look for treasure. They, they left a lot out. They did say she'd be a widow young. Yes, that I understand, but yeah. now this guy's going to kill me. I figure, like, they, they, they nailed it. And then they left a lot out. Well, the fire with the peacock bear. That's been the, a lot of omissions. That's we had nothing but time. Technically, that's sorrows. What? She's gonna have sorrows and very vague. Let's well, nail down some specifics. It's under the legal definition. I mean, they did mention that I'd be next to a psycho gym, I guess, but that was just in passing. So, uh, so she soon after that learns that Walsh was already married. Men. <laughs> so she hid in a room in Jack's cabin, which it's a fucking tent. So uh, she hid in a room in Jack's cabin when Walsh was talking to another man, and she uh, she heard him say, "quote I will put her where she will do not do any harm." <gasps> Delaware. <laughs> Ellen talked to Walsh's other wife, and then she confronted him. She said his face turned into, quote, an in, in, incarnated demon and such a hellish, fiendish look I never saw on a human face before. Jesus. That's a sex face, right? <laughs> Jesus, that Dave. That's how I do it. What? <laughs> Get off of me! Get off of me! (laughs) Jesus Christ, so much drool! (laughs) 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 Oh, baby, I'm gonna gargoyle. (laughs) 
The next day, he tried to force her to sign a contract giving him half of her property. <laughs> she took it and threw it into the fire, so he grabbed her and pushed her face close to the flames, burning Jesus her. Jesus Christ. Love. <laughs> Jesus. Ellen now, so she buys into a mine called the Black Queen Mine, and she owns it too, with two other guys, and the mine was starting to do well. The Rocky Mountain News called it, quote, a mineral wonder. So they tried to sell it for 125000 but it falls through. So they lease it to a group who are then going to work it and then give them a cut. Okay. Um, so a ton of miners are coming into the area, and another guy comes, and he sets up a mine nearby. And now when anyone offers to buy the mine, he would dispute it and say that he owned part of the vein. Walsh does. No, this is just a random guy. Oh, okay, all right. He's, but anytime someone comes, he's, he's like, like, no, I own part of the vein under this. You can't buy that mine. Right, real cool dude. Yeah. Uh, so Ellen goes to Aspen. Uh, so she went there hoping to lose Walsh, but he finds her. And she files for a divorce, accusing him of extreme cruelty. And then he sues her for her interest in the Black Queen mine because they were married. He was already married, though. What? You, you're such a stickler for little things. That... Why does that keep happening? I would say 30% of the stories on this tour, there's some dude who was like married and married again, yeah. and then someone's like, hey, listen, you can't do that, but the law's on your side. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, how dare my wife do that? You're already married. I'm aware. Uh, Ellen said Walsh was always drunk, but... What a fire... What? <laughs> Drunk. She'd always drunk. What? You just don't want to always drink a bunch. What? Admit it, lady. Is there any one of a... Oh, okay, I get it. She's going to do her impression. Awesome. Okay, bust it back. Fine. Go for it, lady. Let's have it all. Give you two cents. Five minutes of fucking... Yeah, exactly. Look. Here's what I know, and this is, I'm just going to speak from the heart straight up. You cannot... You, there's certain, you cannot marry, you can't marry someone like that, period. And not because I have a wife, because yeah, I have a wife, but she's just, she is who she is. This is a kind of illogical person, and a logical person you can't try to, based on the merits of the mind, the black hey, queen hey, mind. Hey, buddy, buddy. No, all I say, buddy, I'm ready to hey, warm up. What? You had your eyes closed. That person walked away a long time ago. I know. <laughs> I wished it. What if you cut some jeans real high up? <laughs> and you called them jorts. That'd be an idea. Or you yeah, I guess. Them? Whatever, man. <sighs> I'm Mr. Matt! <laughs> um, so... She said he was always drunk, but that's not reason for a divorce. The Iowa Supreme Court had ruled... That's the best. <laughs> well, ma'am, we've seen your claim, but a man being intoxicated your entire relationship is not reason for divorce. Well, they said... Uh, Have you tried loving him more? <laughs> <laughs> Give him the grasp the bottle tries to. The court ruled women who knew a man was a drunk before they married couldn't use it as an excuse. Yeah, see, you, you stupid lady. <laughs> you married a piece of shit. No one is a piece of shit. That's not the pieces of shit fault. That's on you, lady. America, we got it right over and over again. 
Now, in December 1884, Ellen leased a building from Sarah Adair and opened a saloon and boarding house. She was making about $400 a month. Uh, just months later, Adair sued to get the building back, saying illegal things were going on. They're all wearing hats. <laughs> Ellen uh, lost, but then she filed an appeal, and Adair sent a notice to vacate, but Ellen refused. She was focused on the divorce. It was a six-man jury, and the court was packed with, quote, hungry curiosity seekers. But the court kicked everybody out. Oh, <laughs> Ellen, uh, On the witness stand, Ellen said he beat her, he kicked her, and he called her a whore and a bitch and threatened to kill her. And he was always drunk. Walsh denied it all and said he wanted it dismissed. <laughs> Your Honor, I don't remember doing any of that. <laughs> Your Honor, may I just say, come on! Good Lord. Her uh, issue is with me wasted, and that person's not here today, is he? <laughs> he said she had cheated on him, but the jury found for Ellen. Sir, <laughs> you were already married, sir. <laughs> she cheated on me. You were married. I know, it's disgusting. She's cheating on two people, if you think about it. <laughs> disgusting in this day and age. A woman treating a good guy like me like that. <laughs> The trial horrified the Aspen Daily Times. Quote, it brought out more repulsive and disgusting details than any other case. Both parties are advanced in years, which facts tend to increase the repulsive character of the whole proceedings. <laughs> well, I, had li I had to listen to old people talk about fucking. Look, I know this happened a while ago, but they're pretty gross now, and hearing them bang was horrible. I don't like to picture that, thank you very much. It's just not why I became a reporter. It's like pushing two raisins together, and I don't like the sound of that. She was 42, he was 57. <laughs> Our old, old grossies. Just... <laughs> the paper said the courtroom... 42. The paper said the courtroom should be fumigated. <laughs> Then we had sex, Your Honor. Oh, my God! Jesus Christ. Some of us plan on fucking again. <laughs> oh. Do the things even work at that age? This reporter will never have another boner. <laughs> Next, Ellen took a dare... Uh, took on Adair in court. And Adair said Ellen was keeping a lewd house for the practice of fornication and prostitution. Disgusting! How old are they? <laughs> Ellen denied it, but said if it was happening, Adair knew and consented. Okay. That's a very interesting caveat. Yeah. Bullshit! But if it is happening, he knows. Ellen uh, bought the properties for $1,600 uh, to end the whole thing. Okay. So the town council then passed a resolution outlawing prostitution north of the alley that separated Ellen's lot from a saloon. North of the alley. Yes. There. <laughs> There'll be no more of it there. Okay? I think we've all come to a lovely resolution. Uh, so Walsh... By the way, this looks like a man brothel right there. Yeah, it does. How are you? Mind if I keep the hat on? 
What brings you to town? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I do love a little Hitler mustache. Well, well, well. That will really tickle my ass. <laughs> well, let me walk you through the price list. <laughs> to get the Schittler, it's going to be up at 50. Shirt. <laughs> Just old people double take. <laughs> yeah. Was that hair? No. Oh, God. So Walsh is back, and he sues for interest in the Black Queen, and Ellen quickly sold her interest to a guy named E.J. Stewart. So Walsh had no case. The contract he had was forged, and he lost. And then E.J. Stewart sold back the share after the trial for the same amount. Okay. So people wondered if E.J. was real. I've often wondered if E.J. is real. So here's how court cases worked. Ellen had to defend herself by hiring lawyers, and the lawyers charged insane fees that she couldn't pay. Then they sued to take her interest in mines. Wow. So lawyers are like, great, I'd love to represent you. I mean, it's super common, especially to women, and it's how lawyers took over mines all over the West. Right. So cool. It's just such a great, great. system it's we've great. had here for yeah, a long time. Yeah, it's good. So Why fix that? Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. I have anything. Spread it. Make that Thank more you. sectors. It's awesome. I mean, she's a captain. She can afford to not have a mine. Yeah, for sure. So now her lawyers sued to get her interest in the Black Queen mine. So she sold her interest to William Elliot, her out-of-state brother. Mm-hmm. Now, William, have we heard of him before? No, we haven't. <laughs> Billy oh. Elliot, you say? Mm. <laughs> Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, so she loses the suit, and the judge orders the sale of the mine for the debt. Now, she also owed money to other lawyers for other cases. And the Black Queen mine just happened to be one of the most prosperous in the state. Also, that guy who opened the mine near the Black Queen mine was trying to get control of it. Okay. He sued also. Jesus. And he paid off U.S. mine surveyors, and he started a newspaper to report on his side of the ordeal, <laughs> and then he sent those stories around the country and state to other papers, uh, so they the would best. print it. Yeah. What, did you read this article that, I'm, is in my that it's in the paper? Unbelievable. The Me Times. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look at this. What an editorial. Scathing articles. Scathing. <laughs> Mining historian Otis Young Jr. called this type of stuff a, quote, legalized form of thievery. But Ellen had used William Elliot, who now sued everyone in return. So yeah. now William Elliot is, Elliot is suing everyone. I want to get my eyes on this guy. He's quite litigious. And invisible. <laughs> so Walsh now reports Ellen for pension fraud, which could lead to jail time. 
Each time she drew her widow pension, she signed an affidavit stating she was not married. And Walsh wrote to the U.S. attorney and said she was, quote, a hard case of a woman, do, woman doing lots of harm and encouraging all crime, all, a hard case of a woman doing lots of harm and encouraging crime of all kinds. Right. So an investigator is sent out. Okay. And depositions are taken, and she had clearly uh, married. And in January 1887, she went on trial in Denver. I don't understand how this even go. Whoa, what the fuck? It was so common to try to fuck widows out of their, uh, their Civil War pensions that there were all these attorneys right. who just dealt with pension, helping women not lose their pensions. Right, so it's just so common. But again, Walsh was previously married. It yeah. feels like that would just I nullify so everything. Why are you He's well, a it's man. Just sort of like, yeah, right. He's a man. That's right, you're right. Uh, apologies. Thank you. Sorry about that. You're the expert. Thank you. Now, Ellen said she wasn't legally married to Walsh because he was already married when they got married. Dave. <laughs> I like her. She was found not guilty. Oh, good. Okay. At least so it worked. A jury member, quote, she had crawled out of the smallest hole I had ever seen and one that no man would have gotten through. Hey, buddy. Uh, real quick follow-up. What the fuck did you just say? She did. She was a little caterpillar, just on a branch. She cocooned herself, and she was able to fly. She was on a flower the other day. The fuck are you talking about? About her. Ellen, yeah. Unbelievable what she did. She's an earthworm. She sweats through her skin. You were on the jury? She's genderless. What? Yeah. She's a gnat. Don't scoot away from me. I don't. I'm scared of you. I'll scoot closer to you. She's a ladybug. No. Yes. You know, every time a fly lands, it throws up. What? It's true. Bet that's going to ruin your Coca-Cola. <laughs> uh, I only have two shirts total. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yes. And I'm wearing them both right now. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And they're the same shirt. Isn't that nuts? Why are you talking to me? I don't know. My family passed away. Bunch of little mosquitoes they were. Well, it's good when you can hear a chair. Uh. You know things are good. So the pension commissioner orders her arrested again. Jesus Christ. Widow pensions were made to get men to enlist but had the unwanted effect of creating independent women. Good, right. I'm sure. <laughs> the rich hated Civil War pensions from the beginning. So that's a good cartoon. Uh, that's a cartoon of a, a, Civil? a Civil War veteran just shoving money into his mouth. And it says the insatiable, the insatiable gluttons. And it's for guys who fucking died. <laughs> the rich are insane. Holy shit. I mean, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, like, it makes our rich be like, at least they're rational. <laughs> we have a reasonable affluent class. Uh, so Ellen was dropped from the pension rolls. 
Walsh never bothered her again. He moved to Chicago, and he got involved in the construction of Chicago and became known as the father of East Chicago. Ugh. Just a total piece Meh. of shit. Meh. Who just, who just wins. He wins. Uh, our football team will be shit. Forever! Uh. <laughs> One random season, but the rest of the time, they'll fucking suck. Every year, their fans will think they've got a perennial quarterback. Hey, hey, okay. But they won't. Hey. And then they'll fire hey, the hey, GM, and they'll hey, say, finally, now hey, someone can develop hey, this quarterback. Hey, guy. It'll happen with Orton. It'll happen with Grossman. It'll be Trubisky and Fields eventually. What the fuck is the matter with you? Huh? What? What? You what? think I'm weird about cake? Huh? What? I'm this guy. What are you talking no, about? No, you're not. Yeah. You're Gareth doing a voice. No, you weird cake perv. <laughs> <laughs> this man fucks cake. <laughs> so next, Ellen gets into business with D.D. Fowler, and he signed a one-year lease, then wanted to buy the, the Black Queen Mine. Right? Okay. So he's a lease for a year. So he's going to work it, sure. make some money, and then buy it. But Ellen starts to think that he's cheating her. He's not giving her the full cut. Okay. Uh, so she goes to the mine one day in a surprise visit, as she does, a burrow train is taking silver down, and she pulls out a gun and tells the men to unload it and to get out, quote... Give me all my money. Or, or I'll give you the per- pure article from the gun. Miss what? Uh, the pure article from the gun. Like a paper part? The... Uh... What you know, your th- what's your threat, miss? I, Just I, so we know what we're dealing with here. I want to shoot you, but I wanted to use good, uh, like a fancy language. Okay. Like so a, the threat is what again? A headline? <laughs> no, I'm saying the stuff in the gun will hurt you. Miss, you're going to shoot us. Yes. Okay. Just, do you want to go from the top? The pure article. No? Stop doing that. Right kind of like right in your poetic shit. It's right not in your working. Heart. Huh? The pure article right into your heart. I really like it. You know what I mean? Like I thought it the whole way up the mountain. I was like, miss, I gotta, miss, miss. I gotta have a really miss, good. Miss, miss, miss. It's a long walk, and you got a little off track. Just come back and say I'm gonna shoot you unless you give me the silver. Well, that's just so droll. It's like to it. the point. We'll listen. I'm Trust gonna, me. I'm gonna you're going to get the pure article. The Ma'am, I'm not going to give you the silver. I'm not even worried anymore. I think that just, gun's just got letters in it, to be quite honest with you. Why are we not looking at each other? Because I love you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this no, becomes national news. And... D.D. Fowler said it wasn't just Ellen, but a, quote, mob force headed by a red-headed woman, one of the owners. The crowd had a proclivity for jumping mines and shooting. So they made up a story. It was like a whole bunch of people that stopped them. Right. When it was just her. Right. Ellen was called the Amazon. Uh, he had she her... hated workers? <laughs> he... <laughs> They're going to... Yeah. He had her arrested for threatening his life, but Ellen proved Fowler had violated the lease and was stealing, and the judge ruled for Ellen. Nice. But again, now she owes lawyers more money. Right, because that's how it works. 
She also fought to get her pension back, and the Gunnison County Court declared her marriage null and void because he was married. Oh, come on. And she got it back. It's hard to describe how many times she was sued by men who were trying to get the mine. Eventually, they narrowed in on the alleged brother she sold the mine to. Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot, the dancer. (laughs) And lawyers found a relative in Brooklyn who would testify that William Elliot did not exist. So they ordered William Elliot to appear in person. That's going to be an issue. (laughs) Lawyers were now calling him the mythical Elliot. The mythical Elliot did not show up. Weird. And the judge ruled against Ellen. She now had to sell or it would be auctioned. So her partner sold. Some of the men who bought it ended up incredibly wealthy. And she had to pay the same lawyers who, she, who had just screwed her over with that money. Right. Cool. So she moves to Ure. Ure. And she bought claims, and she bought a, a big two-story house with, uh, with furniture. But a little while later, the owner sued her over the price of the piano. What? <laughs> Just, what do you mean? There's a woman! Well, how do I sue her? Yeah, what does that even mean? I don't, I don't. The piano's too much. I'll see you in court. <laughs> what? No, I can't. No. I want the white keys. Sorry. Uh... But Ellen, Ellen was now so bored that she packed up and made for the latest uh, rush, which was in Arizona. But she quickly found out she hated desert living. One night, she woke up, and there was a rattlesnake under her. Another night, her tent was covered in lizards. Jesus Christ. I mean, they're both not great. Yeah, the rattlesnake's a problem. Yep. Yep. All right. Glad you came around on that one. So after a few months, she heads back to Gunnison. Uh, the guy, so she paid a guy to collect the money from the sale of the Black Queen mine and others, uh, at, and he kept about half. That's not what she wanted, probably. No. Right. He was so, like, we did it. Awesome. Here's your cut. So she sues him, but he's a very well-connected lawyer. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So she goes back to prospecting, and she has two claims now, the Scorpion and Sunday Morning. Scorpio is her astrological sign. Oh, okay. Awesome. Uh, So samples show the mine has gold, and Charles Bennett and his friends then set up 300 feet away and said they're not going anywhere. Mm. So same thing as before, right? Right. So she pulled out her 44 and said, leave or you'll be carried off. Get out of here. I'm going to show you what a biography is all about. Take off, guy, or I'm going to do some independent reading. (laughs) Move it or lose it, or we're going to do a slam. A slam? Yeah, poetry style. Oh, God. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of Limerick? Go click, click. Oh. That's right. Well, it's about to happen, Jack. Now dance before I turn you both into cookbooks. What? You understood me. No. May as well open a library in here with all the publishing I'm about to do. What? Nothing. Well, do you speak English? (laughs) No. Oh, that's explaining a ton of this miscommunication. (laughs) Um, So she's arrested, and the story hits papers nationwide. The Queen Bee paper, quote, Captain Jack is a terror to jumpers. In order to save bloodshed, they will keep her shut up. If there is another striking war where it is necessary to proclaim 
martial law, it would be a good plan to enlist Captain Jack and let her have command of a company at least. Okay. Nice. The judge ruled Bennett didn't have enough evidence to press charges, and Ellen kept buying mines. The Bright, the Juniper 2, the Juniper 3. They all they, have names like that? That's just, yeah. that sounds like horses. And like yeah, it's race. crazy. Yeah. Uh, the Hillside Gem 2. The Hillside Gem 2. She went to Denver because the she... The Jam Pad. Uh, she she goes to Denver because she she's sick, and then she the the lawsuit she filed against the collector guy. Right? Okay, so yeah. she she pursues that, and he says he doesn't owe her anything, and she was never his client. <laughs> wow, I've never seen this woman before in my life. Uh, I would remember a woman who looks like a sultan. <laughs> I mean, look, she's dressed like Jafar. I'd remember her for God's sake. He said William Elliot was his client, and then he wondered... That is the crazy... She was like, wait, what? <laughs> but I did represent, thank you, Billy Elliot. And then he wondered aloud in court if Elliot was real. I actually worked with Billy Elliot, who I wonder, was he even real? <laughs> that was probably a dumb follow-up thing to say. Yeah. Well, I represented him, if he exists. We worked closely together. Assuming he's not invisible. He's my best friend. He's the best friend I've ever had. I'd love to meet him. <laughs> so Ellen goes back to Gunnison, and she, her, her, her neighbor becomes her, becomes her friend, Dora Bible. Dora Be Bible? Beeble. Sorry, Beeble. Uh, Can I start calling the Bible Beeble? Yeah. Thank you. But uh, Holy then, then came the chickens. Dora built a chicken coop on Ellen's property. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> it's called a chicken coo. It's the same thing they fucking do with the mines. Yeah. Ellen said the chickens were destroying her garden and the pile of manure was a nuisance. The pile of what? I don't manure. I don't know oh, why manure. there's a... Chicken manure? Well, chicken shit, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Manure? Sure. You know, man, they actually grow some sick mushrooms in chicken shit. Oh, God. Uh, stop. Yeah. No. Little nuggets. I'm good. In June, Ellen threw rocks at Dora. Nice. Dora then hit Ellen with a hoe, leaving a six-inch cut on her head. Jesus Christ. It's a poisoned hoe. <laughs> <laughs> a judge dismissed the charges against Dora because Ellen had thrown the rocks, and then Ellen sued for $100 but lost. And the lawyer's like, that'll be 50 grand. <laughs> <laughs> so Ellen had, headed to Prospect in Cripple Creek. It's a great name. Yeah. <laughs> she opened a boarding house. She finally won the case against the collector and got... $13,600, but nice. nobody knows if she saw any of it. Like, it right. doesn't mean he paid, right? Right. Um, Ellen was now pretty famous, and she started calling herself the mining queen of the Rockies. Ellen and a mining partner, Anna Lustick, uh, bought the experimental mine, and Ellen also bought the Mars 1, 2, and 3 mines. Jesus Christ. She, she thought she was uh, the daughter of Mars, another astrological thing. 
It's amazing that that's not really making the story too much. <laughs> oh, because she thought she was the daughter of Mars. <laughs> anyway, she was quite litigious. Ellen was still in debt, mostly from all the lawsuits. Uh, so she borrowed from her partner Anna, partner Anna, and another business partner she had, Josephine Smith. Uh, she also applied for patents on the mines. So that means that they would become private land. Right, okay. Um, so she somehow talked Anna into signing over half of, uh, over her half of the interest, saying it would be easier to get the patent. Uh-huh. If she controlled it, and then once she got the patent, she'd give the interest back. Sure, that's, of course. And on top of that, she borrowed $200 from Anna. A few months later, she borrowed another 368 to pay men who were working her claims... And then the two women got into a disagreement, and Ellen said she didn't owe Anna any money. Hmm. Boy, she's been all over the map. <laughs> she's getting screwed. She's screwing. Well, now it seems like she learned. She yeah, learned she's like, this is how you do it. Yeah, it's yeah. what you do. Your beef's with Billy Elliot. He lives on Mars. That's where my dad is. So Anna sued and won $616. Uh, Ellen had also borrowed money from Anna's brother, and he won $400. Okay. Ellen also couldn't pay back Smith, so she had used Mars One as collateral, so Smith forced it to be auctioned, and then she bought it. Okay. So Smith also writes to the commissioner of pensions in D.C., quote, Can a woman, a widow who marries again after her husband's death, draw a pension? And the commissioner, I'd write back and be like, no, we already went through this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, yeah. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. So Ellen is now making money because she's famous. Right. She built a roadside cottage and served meals and drinks on the patio, and she would just sit there talking about herself, calling herself the mining queen of the Rockies to visit. The mining queen of the Rockies, you know. She sold postcards of herself. That's me with a bunch of out of focus shit. <laughs> How great is that, huh? Look at that. And there I am with some donkeys, and they're carrying a bunch of bullshit. And then there's one where it was too sunny to take a picture, but we did anyway. I'm inside that cabin, maybe. It's like an Airbnb. Maybe. (laughs) People would travel long distances to meet her. But in 1907, she was charged with selling liquor without a license. Saloons were banned in nearby Colorado Springs, but the jury couldn't reach a verdict, and they kept pushing a new trial, and so she just kept selling booze. It's awesome. God damn it, we've got to go to trial. Yeah. She was charged nine times in 1908, including selling on a Sunday. Man. Wow. That's the day the Lord hath begged ye to not intoxicate. <laughs> Uh, then the sheriff seized her beer, three barrels, and the sheriff then used the judgment against her by Anna to put a levy on her property, including her mines. A few weeks later, the district attorney said there would be no further prosecution of Ellen. Nice. She continued operating a roadhouse, and in 1919, she published an autobiography. And hired Patrick Swayze. <laughs> the fate of a fairy? The fate of a fairy. I guess she's the fairy. Sure is. What a crazy book. (laughs) Uh, Tons of exaggeration in the book. While uh, she made okay money from tourists, she wanted to keep developing her minds, 
and she tried to get back the Mars One by suing Josephine Smith, and she charged Smith with trespassing. And then Smith charged Ellen with claim jumping and threatened to kill her workers. Okay, we're negotiating, which I like. (laughs) The jury found for Smith. So then Ellen went after Mars 2 and 3, owned by Anna. At this point, Ellen's daughter, uh, Adeline, who was rich and living in New York, wanted Ellen to come live with her. Yeah, that's a crazy thing to want. Right? Yeah. After all that? I'm thinking of getting a rabid monkey. What do you think, hon? <laughs> well, she had grandkids. She wanted grandma to be around. Sure, for now. Till grandma's like, I'm suing little Gus here. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll understand this. Ellen said no because she didn't want to leave her two cats. Yes. Yes, mine queen. Yes, mine queen. Yes, mine queen. Fuck yes. So that meant she never saw her grandchildren. Oh, you got cats, bro. You're fine. Jesus Christ, they got trees. It's fine. They got catnip. It's awesome. You got an electronic feeder. You don't need shit, buddy. Drink a little wine. Watch a little Shark Tank. Get a little purr. You'll be good. One day, a bunch of people were at Ellen's Roadhouse, including Smith. Smith said, quote, she never was Captain Jack's wife. She is posing her, she, she's posing as Captain Jack's widow. She was nothing but his prostitute, nothing but his harlot. So these... Excuse me? (laughs) These accusations made it into the courtroom when it was time for Anna's trial. And both Smith and Anna were uh, questioned for trying to take everything that Ellen owned while in court. Right. And they just said they wanted what was owed to them, but yet, yes, they completely hated her. (laughs) Outside the courtroom, when Ellen walked by, Smith said, quote, here comes the old whore now. Can I just walk through the courtroom, you asshole? (laughs) Look out for old whore, here she comes. Make way! Or coming through. Look out! She accused Ellen, in earshot of the jurors, of being a thief who got men drunk and stole from them. The jury found for Anna. All three women were poor, but had lawyers to... Uh, had Suck lawyers them dry. In, They're all paying lawyers to fight in court because they hate each other so much, but it's the making lawyers. them... They're making them poor. Yeah, the lawyers are like, really good. I think we're going to win this case. <laughs> They fought for years, constantly in court, suing each other back and forth. Eventually, Anna won and got all of Ellen's roadhouse property. Wow. She also got the last dollar load mine in, 18, in ni- 1917. Uh, she refused to leave her cabin, even though Anna won it. She's not sure. leaving it. I like that move. Uh, she keeps entertaining tourists, and in January 1917, she was hospitalized for pneumonia. While there, her cats were either taken or got lost. God damn it. Now the story sucks. It's cool how everything she loves dies. Jesus, Dave. Well, what did the Roma say? Sorrows. Very vague. Now it's not, is it? People around you will die. 
You're going to be 90. All of them. Yeah, well, you live old enough. I mean, you know, it's going to happen. Only, only way her daughter could live was by being cast off to a witch. <laughs> Billy Elliot lived. Forever. He's not real. Yes, he is. I saw the movie. Uh, so... She sued Anna in November... I'm suing pneumonia. (laughs) Uh, In November 1917 for $10,000 for spreading rumors. And the jury found for Ellen, but only gave her a dollar. Nice. What a great... That's awesome. Good for them. She filed for bankruptcy in 1918, and she was freed of her debts, but also had no assets. She's living in poverty. Her pension was $25 in 1917. Her health deteriorated, yet she still lived in the roadhouse. Then in 1920, she moved all of her buildings into the Cobra Three mine claim, which she still held. Anna then tried to take that claim by doing surveys and filing for a patent, but Ellen won and got it. A final victory. She died on June 17th, 1921, of a heart attack. Jesus. How old was she? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, 1921, she was born in 1842. So, yeah, 80-ish. The human calculator. (laughs) Back again. Uh, Wow. Sources, the Press, Reader, UK, and uh, Jane Bardal's Colorado's Miss Captain Elliot Jack, mining queen of the Rockies. Man, that's crazy. Wild. Wow. Yeah. What a whore. Dave! <laughs> I'm going off of what the what people is, no, said. You're not allowed to say it things. It was proven in no, court! You, can't, you did that earlier, too. No. You're just becoming this weird guy who's like, I'm quoting! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. What a wild little mining life. <laughs> Looks like mines make you selfish. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> that's the show, everybody. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for coming out. We appreciate it. Leave your cheesecake backstage for David. Thank you for coming out. Merch, appreciate it.